Welcome to the Appalachian Baptist Network. We seek to equip, encourage, and engage pastors and church leaders in the Appalachian region. We focus on having conversations on church revitalization in the mountains and beyond. Your hosts are Matthew Jacobs, Brent Snyder, Jacob Gwynn, and Travis Tyler. Hello and welcome to the Appalachian Baptist Network. Today I have a very special guest with me who I'm very excited to interview and that's uh, the Reverend Bob Polk. No, he don't like that term. How about uh, Mr. Bob Polk, who is a friend of mine, and we've known each other for several years now, Bob, I think. Yeah, I was your pastor for a time here when you came to Grace, and you're, I think you're at, is it Central Baptist in Johnson City now with your wife, lovely wife, uh, Ruth? And uh, the reason I wanted to interview Bob was for a lot of reasons. Uh, one is, Bob is a, if there was an Iron Man in the area of ministry, he's an Iron Man. He has been a missionary down in South America, right? What country were you in down there? Columbia. Columbia, South Carolina, or South Carolina. I said, you might be a missionary down there too. <laughs> Columbia in South America. He has been a director of missions here in the Watauga Baptist Association. And uh, he has also been a pastor at Oak Street Baptist Church. Were you a pastor of any other churches in this association? Yeah, just Oak Street. Just Oak Street. So we have a missionary, a director of missions, and a pastor, which is a rare combination. Not very many people can say that. And uh, I just want to thank you for joining us. And how old are you today, Bob? Ninety. Ninety years old. <laughs> so you're you're kind of looking back over all the ministry that opportunities God's blessed you with. Not that your ministry is over. You still have opportunities to minister to people, I'm sure, at many levels. But let's just start with your testimony. Tell me about how the Lord saved you. I suppose when I began to think about when I was saved, I have to rethink a lot because I grew up in church. I mean by that that um, my father and mother were both very faithful church scores, members of what was an old temple Baptist in Johnson City. And so uh, when I was born, my mother took me to church, and I've been going ever since. <laughs> so I never had a time when I didn't go there was a period of time when I was not as regular but when I was a teenager and then when I got started courting things changed a little bit so but anyhow but so I grew up in uh, going to all the things we did in Baptist churches back in those days and so I was in the beginners and the primaries and the juniors and the intermediates and finally into the youth group. But the real important moment in my life, of course, that I remember is that when I was 11 years old, an evangelist came to our church to preach a revival meeting and long before that, I'd already began to know and realize it's time to make a decision. So uh, one night uh, during the revival meeting, I was sitting with the group of boys, and I'd already told myself I was going to go down. I was going to go ahead and make it known but that I'm receiving Christ as my Savior and asking Him to forgive me of my sins. And so uh, 
But when the time came for the invitation, because in those days, that's, that's when you were saved. I, I guess you couldn't be saved before. <laughs> you had to wait to go down. Uh, now, Vic, Vic Wallace talked about the mourner's bench in the Methodist church. Did, did, they, he, did they have a mourner's bench in the Baptist no, church? Not, no, I don't know about the Methodists. I should know because Ruth was a Methodist. You but, should. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, I was just too shy to go down in front of my buddies, so mm. I decided not to go that night. But time kind of dragged on, and so before the revival was over, uh, I had a brother who was a, a good singer, and he led the music in the church, and he, so one night after the service had ended, he was still sitting up there on the front seat of the choir and picked out songs for the next time. So I go up and sit down beside him, and I guess the Lord would speak to him too because he turned to me and he said, Bobby, I, I believe it's about time you made a profession of faith and accepted the Lord. So that's all it took. So uh, he, uh, I said, yes, I'm ready. And he took me over to the uh, pastor who was still there at the front because the service had ended, but there were people there talking. And he took me over to the pastor, and we prayed. And so the pastor stood up and had the people that were left to stop. <laughs> and let me share what had happened. So, that, so were they kind of making their way out the door when oh, he stopped them? Yeah, <laughs> yes, several of them. Some of them were already gone, but uh, there were several, several still there. And then, of course, I followed that up by being baptized. Did so they have a baptistry in that church back yes, then? Yes, they the one that they were very proud of because they were one of the few churches that it had up inside baptistry. Was it heated? Uh, I can't remember whether it was heated or not. <laughs> yeah. That would have been advanced technology, wouldn't it? I mean, Yeah, I hope it was. <laughs> you hope it was? That's for the frozen chosen if it wasn't, right? See if you truly belong. <clears throat> well, that's great. So you were baptized then, and, and then you were... How old when that happened, would you say? Yeah, 11 years old. You were 11 years old. Yeah. So that was before 18 there then. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. And then you went on to be part of the youth department, you said, right? And oh, yeah. That's, that, that was a very important time in my life because the, it was uh, kind of unusual in those days for a church to have a, a youth director that was actually a person they'd brought in and was, we'd say today, on the staff. Right. <laughs> and... Uh, so they uh, they brought in the youth director and he spent a lot of time with us and uh, and was very influential in our lives uh, because so many of the young people that came along in that time ended up in different kinds of ministry. Three of us became pastors. Uh, another one went to the mission field. So. He was very influential in leading us to find out what we felt like the Lord wanted us to do. Right. And, but uh, 
I didn't go into the ministry immediately. Uh, I kind of put it on hold until I found my wife. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, did y'all meet at the church there, or where did y'all no, meet? No, we met in high school. In high school. We, we, yeah, we were high well, school Johnson City. Yeah. And uh, I went to Science Hill in Johnson City. Yeah. yeah. So you're are you still a hilltopper? Well, yes, but uh, you have to be careful, you know, where you used to say that. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the big rival here for Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, and right. so, well, uh, so tell us about uh, your ministry. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned it here. You you said you went to college, and then I know you went on to be trained at Southeastern, right? Yes. And then where did you go when you... Uh, did you start pastoring while you were in seminary, after seminary, or how did that work? Actually, after Ruth and I were married, we uh, moved out in the Pinecrest area. Okay. Went to Pinecrest Baptist Church. Okay. And uh, so it was at that time that uh, a lot of my experiences growing up in the new youth came back to remind me that I had made a commitment to give my heart to the Lord. So uh, I talked to the pastor. His name was Ed Burnett, and a lot of people in Carter County, especially Stony Creek area, would remember it. But anyhow, he encouraged me, and so I made my decision, and I'd been going there at Pinecrest for a couple of years already and was involved, and everybody knew me. So that's where I made that. It was kind of difficult for me, Pastor, because at that point I had two brothers who are were already ministers. Okay. So I kept thinking... Did they stay in the ministry, Bob, yes. both of them? And uh, so I kept thinking, uh, I'm not sure the Lord wants a third one. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying family. But anyhow, I did. Yes, all, all three. Uh, the, those two, of course, now were older than me, and they've gone on to be the Lord. And so I'm here uh, as the third one in that, that group. Yeah. So but, you're you're the last one left, huh? Of the three, they'll be ready to greet you when they when you get home right. finally, right? So. I do have a sister who's still living. She didn't marry a minister, did she? That'd no, a... she didn't. But <laughs> she was secretary in the church for several years. So <laughs> she was kind of connected also. And, uh, so were you the youngest of the four? Or I was the youngest of the boys. Yes, yeah. and my uh, sister was younger than I. There's another thing about the ministry, too, that going into the ministry, you mentioned uh, going to seminary. I was kind of a slow getting through uh, all the things. Back when I went to seminary, you, um, they expected you to have a degree from a university or college to go to seminary. And so unless you went in a special program they had for 
guys who had not finished high school. But anyhow, so I was in Johnson City working at the power board and knowing that the Lord had called me and to and I was the folks out Pine Crest to let me preach and I didn't enjoy doing that. And uh, so I let it be known to some of my uh, friends in different churches around that that I felt like the Lord called me to preach. And uh, I was so interested in going to school that Ruth and I had already decided that I'd chosen Belmont down in Nashville because back then it was a Tennessee Baptist school. So I was going to go to school there, and but uh, just uh, oh, I guess uh, three or four weeks before we were supposed to move to Nashville, uh, they approached me uh, from Central Baptist Church in Johnson City, and uh, that's one of the reasons I guess I've always had a special feeling for that church. They had a mission, and they needed a pastor. And uh, they approached me and asked me if I were interested in going to and being pastor of that mission. It was a mission, but goodness, we had about a hundred people came. A lot of them were children, but yeah. So they asked me, and I said yes. I was actually excited to to even have the opportunity. But before I said yes, I told him, I said, now, I'm really interested in going to school. So they gave me permission to go to East Tennessee State. And at that time, East Tennessee State was called college. Yeah. The retired minister from Central Baptist Church in Johnson City was teaching the religion courses at East Tennessee State. Now, that may sound unusual today, but he was teaching, uh, and so they gave me an opportunity to go to school, so I preached the division and started uh, going to school, and, of course, eventually finished at East Tennessee State before going on to seminary. Yeah, I know. Uh, Pastor Vic took some classes there. You didn't take any. Our friend Vic Wallace, yes. he he went to East Tennessee State too. Yes, yes, you didn't yes. take any classes with him, did you? I can't remember. I knew him when he was there. Yeah, but I can't remember. Yeah, he was on a previous episode. You can go back and listen to on the ABN. All right. Well, uh, let me ask you this. Let's talk about call to ministry. You've referenced that a few times here. Uh, what you know, if you we may have some young listeners here that are thinking maybe they're called in the ministry. What kind of counselor? Or what would you tell them how to discern if God is calling them into ministry? Well, that's a little difficult because uh, in as a director of missions, I got to know a lot of pastors and got to hear a lot of pastors share about when they were called. And goodness, it's so many, so many of them. Uh, God dealt with them in different ways, and uh, 
But maybe there's some things that were common to all of us. And I think one of the things is, to begin with, when we first start to begin to think about that, I think we have to deal with, is this something I want to do, or is this something God wants me to do? Yeah. And if we can't get away from the fact that this is some God's calling, then I think we'll have difficulty down the road. I think that's a really good point. Uh, I've seen a lot of folks who have kind of stumbled into seminary because they they want to serve the Lord. They don't really know what to do, and they see a lot of people doing this, and so then they kind of, I call them tumbleweed ministers. They just sort of tumbled into it, but I don't know that they were necessarily called into doing it by the Lord. And, uh, you know, Vic used the terminology. He talked about a burning of the bones. You know, I think Jeremiah says that. Do you have a fire for, you know, uh, preaching the gospel, this this desire that... uh, And I think that's part of it. It, uh, That feeling won't go away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My wife talks about a gentleman in St. Louis that... He claimed he was called to the ministry, but he did not pursue it. And so he made a six-figure income, but he told my wife that he was miserable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a joy that comes with ministry. So, uh, And if you're called to do that, you need to do that. All and right, I well, think God has ways of assuring you, um, maybe sometimes reassuring you. Right. Uh, but I think... And that may come to different people in different ways, but I do think there's that experience or that feeling that's always there, that this is something God wanted. I think that you made a really good point there. One of the reasons I wanted to ask you that is because, you know, serving faithfully for so long, I'm sure you had critical points where you just wanted to give up and quit. And God probably, what kind of things did God use to affirm you whenever you were having those moments of just wanting to throw your hands up and say, I'm done? I think um, it may be better to just mention one experience. When I finished uh, East Tennessee State, and uh, then when I finished school there, I was... uh, also, I got. Uh, I went through the curriculum to be certified to teach, because of course they didn't have ministerial uh, curriculums, and so uh, I had to work my way through school. And of course, we were married, and by that time, I had two children, and so we had never had any extra money. We'd just gone from one check to the next check. And so I went through uh, that kind of experience there at, uh, and finished up each Tennessee State and still owed some money. And uh, so uh, I had a church in Unicorn County, Mountain Church, that had approached me. I had been recommended there by one of my good friends, pastor friends, and so they had a parsonage, and they uh, uh, they eventually called me, and, but uh, they also called me, they couldn't pay a full support, 
So they agreed to let me teach since I certified. And so I taught for two years. Um, it was in that second year of teaching that I really struggled with my call. Mm-hmm. And one reason, I think, was because I really enjoyed teaching. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, and I realized how close teachers get to kids. And uh, there is so much that teachers can do, not only in teaching, but in ministry to kids. And I didn't really get attached to those kids, and, and I enjoyed it and liked doing it. But uh, the time came when uh, I was approached by another church. Back in those days, you didn't have resumes. <laughs> you yeah. just, somebody just uh, called you. <laughs> and, uh, but Sometimes it, is, it still works that way. But, but it yeah, you know, he, uh, so I, uh, I was approached by the church in Elizabethton, uh, Oak Street, and asked if I'd consider coming as pastor. So I had, um, I had to settle it again once for all. Am I going to go into ministry, or am I going to maybe teach a pastor a little church and teach, or just help teach? You know? So uh, my choice was back to the same. I feel called to pastor church, and that's what I want to do. So that's, but that was the one time when I really struggled with it. Now, there were other temporary times when you'd get down. Yeah. And you'd have a bad Sunday. <laughs> Mondays are rough, aren't they? Our Monday mornings are rough days for preachers. So that's... That yeah. was, uh, yeah. but uh, those times come when, when you wonder, well, maybe, maybe this is not where I ought to be. Yeah. But the Lord always, at least in my experience, had ways of kind of shaking me a little bit and saying, "You remember what you promised." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, listen. Here's what I'm going to do. I want to get through all our questions that I had you do, but I'm going to break this interview up into two parts because we we went a little further in this. Okay. So I'm going to land the plane here on this first part. I want you to tune in next time because on the Appalachian Baptist Network, I want to ask Bob about the books he's wrote, about being DOM, missionary. We haven't finished that yet, and I have a few other questions I want to ask him. So hope you've enjoyed this episode. Tune in next time for part two of Bob's interview. You have been listening to the Appalachian Baptist Network. Thanks for joining us. If you have a question or comment for our host, please send an email to Network at gmail.com or send us a voice message on our Anchor website page at anchor.fm slash Appalachian dash Baptist dash network. Join us again next Monday.